Hello, and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. My name is Eric Patterson. Alongside me is my sister, Erin Patterson. Today, we'll be exploring the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's culture, history, and future trends. What's up, sis? What's up? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, Well, if you're still listening to this podcast, thank you. (laughs) Seriously. If you're still subscribed, I appreciate it. Um, We are back. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. I have been on podcasts. Um, I've been over at Parareality with my buddy Sandman. Um, been doing a few podcasts over there, uh, so go check out that. Uh, Parareality Radio, or Parareality, I think is what it goes by on most of the, uh, on the streaming services. Um, and yeah, but it's good to be back. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but just, you know, life. Life happens. Life happens, but, um, we're back at it. You can still find all of my back episodes at, um, I believe we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Play, Google Podcasts, so the big three, if you will. Yep, the trifecta. The trifecta. Um, the trifecta of big tech. Right. <laughs> gotta love them. You gotta love them. Um, Aaron, what you been up to? Well, just got back down to Nashville. You were on an episode back at the very beginning. The very beginning. Like episode two. Yes. I think with our friend Riley. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was a while back. Yeah, it was. So, a lot more weird things to talk about and mysterious Always. occurrences. Always. I can't even remember what we talked about. Me then. neither. I know I had a good time, so I'm it's ready always, to have a good time again. Yeah, it's always funny. You hear um, you hear different podcasts and, like, you know, they talk about so many things and you're like, wouldn't you remember what you talked about? Like, I've done that before where I'm listening to people and I'm like, they should remember what they talked about. Right. But doing my own episodes, like, I don't remember all the things we've talked about. Yeah. It's just, I guess, it, it's, I mean, especially if you're doing, like, because I, mean, I know when me and Kyle were doing it every week, you know, it builds up. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of stuff you talk about. So. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people, um, some people do them every day, two yeah. times a week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, there's so much to cover. I think this one will be memorable. This one will be because the first one getting back into yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, we will get into it in a second. Um, just to preface the topic, though. So I went to see my buddy Grayson, who's also been on the podcast a couple times. And he lives in Georgia. But his parents are, they have a house up towards North Georgia. And that's kind of like where the Appalachian Mountains kind of, well, either begin or start. To go North Georgia into North Carolina right. and then kind of up through the what we call in Tennessee like Pigeon Forge area. Yeah. And then, I mean, they go all the way up to like New Hampshire. Yeah. It's crazy. No one thinks about that. No one thinks about the northern. No. Nope. Well, I'm sure the people up there do, but we down here just think it's like just right in that range, but it mm-hmm. goes all the way up. And um, so we went for a hike when we were at his parents' place, and I had not been in the woods in like. I mean, by woods, I mean, like, to where you can't hear anything else. Like, you're just in with nature. I had not been in the woods in a few years. And it's it's strange. It is. It is strange because I spend most of my time in the city. 
or somewhere around other people. But when you're right. out there just with no one and you're not used to it, it's very weird. Mm-hmm. It's almost like your senses are heightened because there's like, because you're like on guard. Yeah. Because it's foreign, which I imagine if someone that had been living in the woods for, you know, however long came into the city, they'd be like, oh my God. Right. Probably even more so. I think that's why a lot of people like we'll talk about in a minute when they do think they're experiencing these things, they're like, am I actually? Because you are like on edge. So you know that your body might be like playing tricks on you or whatever, but you will see. It happens and happens and happens, so you can decide, but... Yeah, there are endless stories about... Well, you know, anywhere you go in the woods, there's always going to be weird stories and of people seeing things. About Appalachia. Um, yeah, it's... um. There's caves running up through I think most of Appalachia and some of these there are some of these stories that we that we cover will include some like weird creatures that might be living in these caves and I know I've heard a ton of stories about these like pale creatures that come out at night that live in that could live in these caves there's tons of stories about that but um I don't go in caves I don't want to be anywhere near a cave. Someone was asking me the other day, like, what would you rather do, like, skydive or maybe it was like, maybe it was like swimming in the ocean or going in a cave. And I was like, literally anything but a cave. I would, yeah. I would rather skydive. I yeah. I would actually. rather fall out of an airplane with no parachute <laughs> than go in a cave. The ending would be horrible, but it'd be <laughs> better end, than a game. The ending would be, I say that, but the ending would be horrible, but yeah. Like, you remember the, you remember those, um, that Thai, uh, yeah, it was in Thailand, that Thai soccer team that got caught in that cave. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, and they had to freaking dive through these underground walls. And when you mix water and being underground, that is like a worst nightmare for Yeah, me. it is. Yeah. But yeah, they, that was like, oh, it was like three years ago. They had to dive through the caves to get the boys. Yeah. And then, and then they had to swim them back out because uh-huh. there was no way. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Um, okay, well, uh, I, I'm i going to start with the the mystery of, or of these moon-eyed people. Um, and you just watch. Yep. Yeah, we're using a new recording, uh, a new recording equipment, so we've got to make sure it so some things we say might just not make sense because <laughs> it might fall out. A chunk might just be taken out, yeah. but we're gonna watch it. We're yeah, I'm okay. I'm on guard. So yeah, as I was saying earlier, um, there's all these tales around. Um, well, I think anywhere in the world you go, where there's a ton of history and uh, culture and and. It gets even weirder when you go into like the mountains or the woods. Um, so especially in the Appalachian region, if you're familiar with U.S. history or I should just say North American history, ancient history, the Cherokee people were. Oh, I guess they. I should say they were originally from this uh, North Carolina, Tennessee into Georgia region, and then. 
there obviously you could go on a whole different topic about uh, how they got out of there through the Trail of Tears, which is a whole nother whole nother thing. But the original Cherokee people were from this southern Appalachian region, and they have these stories about these things called the moon-eyed people. So my first impression of that is people with white eyes, right? Yep. White. White eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And said they were a race of strange albino sun-fearing beings who were living in this land before the natives arrived. So I don't know the entire history of the Cherokee people, but that's probably putting it back at least 800 years or so. A thousand, maybe. Yeah, maybe a thousand. I would imagine somewhere around there. Um, So yeah, this mysterious, supposedly smaller than average human, almost a dwarf-like creature, was very pale, white alabaster, with shocking white hair, uh, beards and body hair, large blue eyes, sensitive to light. Um, They were supposedly nocturnal, and they hid in these dank underground caverns during the day and came out at night. Um, Supposedly, sunlight was enough to kill them if they ever got caught in the daylight hours. So that's creepy in itself. That is creepy. Also how I feel about summer in Tennessee. Pretty much. Um, So I relate, but (laughs) it is creepy. I mean, in the pitch black dark if one of those things came out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was recently listening to a podcast called Expanded Perspectives. Really good. You should go listen to them. Yeah. Uh, They're talking about these pale, they call them the pale crawlers. And it's like, it's very similar to this, but maybe not as small. But this, people are, people see this like thing crawling on all fours and it's like pale and it's always in the woods and all like creeped me out, especially. I listened to it right before I went down to see Grayson, and then we were, like, in the middle of the woods, mm-hmm. and I was like, bad timing. Bad timing. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, people people supposedly see something like that. Um, uh, okay, so there are certain accounts that actually have been written down, um, historical accounts. So the American botanist and naturalist Benjamin Smith Barton wrote um, of these people – an account of these people back in 1797 in his book, New Views of the Origin of the Tribes and Nations of America. He says, The Cherokee tell us that when they first arrived in the country which they inhabit, they found it possessed by certain moon-eyed people who could not see in the daytime. And then it said, These wretches they expelled. So, doesn't go into any detail about what they did, but obviously expelled meaning they kicked them out or yeah. drove them back into the caves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some weird ancient rock structures in pre-Columbian, meaning pre-Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. pre-Columbian mounds and ruins that are dotted around uh, North Carolina, Appalachian, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama. And there's I've not I've not heard of this, but there's a 850 foot long stone wall that's dated back to 400 500 CE. Um, 
which goes through Fort Mountain State Park, just above the North Carolina border in Georgia. And it's said to be a vestige of a bloody war between the Moon-Eyed people and the Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Um, there are countless crude rock structures, walls, and mounds all throughout Appalachia. Um, and soapstone carving of conjoined figures now on display at the Cherokee County Historical Museum said to be of these strange people. And no one really knows who made any of these except for the Cherokees themselves who say it was the work of the Moon-Eyed people. Yeah. Well, we know rock structures and mysterious things go back very far, right? Of course, yeah. Or buildings or... Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's native mounds all over North America. Right. Yeah. So, absolutely some truth to it. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm sure that what they wrote down or their carvings or whatever could be very interesting to look at. I think those are so cool. Like seeing how they depicted different things and yeah, of all course. of that, like how their mind was seeing them. Yeah, um, very much so. I mean, I guess it's, they don't really, I guess it's all through folklore. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's no, I guess there's not really any way you would ever concretely know if these carvings were the work. Yeah. Because there's no, I mean, obviously whoever they were, they're not around anymore. They got killed off Mm -hmm. or who knows what happened. Mm -hmm. Just way too far back. Um, This next part is very strange to me about these Welsh. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I was. I was very confused by this. So um, the one of the most popular ideas is that they're evidence of native native contact with European explorers, who had made it to the New World long before history says they did. Possibly connected to this legend of Welsh speaking Indians. So the story goes um, of these Welsh speaking Indians in the New World originates from a 16th century manuscript published by this Welsh antiquarian named Humphrey L- I don't know how to pronounce this. I think it's Lude. It's Lude. L- L-L-W-Y-D. Now I know Welsh is a very unique speaking language. Right. Um, so he writes of Welsh settlers coming to the shores in the 12th century, so that's the 1100s. In particular, a prince, Madoc, mm-hmm. M-A-D-O-C, who along with his followers was said to have immigrated from America, or sorry, immigrated to America from Wales in about 1170, landing somewhere in the vicinity of Mobile Bay, Alabama. Now, that part I'm confused about because they would have had to go around Florida into the Gulf. Yes, like they would have seen land before. They got like they would have had to been like, oh, land, let's go around it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which is very weird. So if you're not familiar with uh, the geography of North America. The eastern coast of America extends all the way down to the very tip of Florida by Cuba. And then you have to go around Florida to get to Alabama, mm-hmm. where, they're, where they're talking about. So just just as strange. If they're coming from... I mean, I guess they could have got blown off course or whatnot. And I know the, the... Well, part of the reason why um, trade from Europe to America was so easy was because there are... 
mm-hmm. there are currents that take you more south. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's possible. But, I, I mean, and then later uh, it says that these Welsh-speaking Indians, possibly a theory is that they, like, went onto the land and just never came out of the woods yeah. or the wilderness. Yeah. And that's where this comes from. Which I don't think that's – I mean, I guess it's possible. They just got, like, lost in there and just gave up. I don't know. I mean, it is. There are many stories about people deserting society and going into this almost hermit-type mm-hmm. uh, wild man lifestyle. Uh, I mean, even children where they get lost in the woods and they start developing habits of uh, habits of animals. So Absolutely. I mean, it's possible for sure. Um Another idea uh, put forth by a man named Benjamin Smith Barton is that they were out of place descendants of the members of Guna people of Panama, uh, who have such a high, who have such an uncommonly high rate of albinism that they were once referred to as white Indians. So, I feel like it's a long trek from Panama. I do too. I'm not sure why. Don't you know, would. Yeah, I don't know why they would leave, but. Again, possible. Um, and then, obviously, there's the theories that these were some other species of human, a new race, or <laughs> they even say ancient astronauts. So, Which is, that's what I'm about. <laughs> if I'm picking one, that's it. Of course you are. Yep. I am. Um, that's about it. Um, again, all theories... Um, what are you thinking on it? I don't I mean just from this brief information, I tend to think the Welsh Indians um just because I there is there is a lot of evidence to say that obviously Christopher Columbus was not the first the person first one. And I think anybody who reads history and actually thinks about the ability of ancient people to travel across oceans, even going back to the Phoenicians mm-hmm. uh, and all of the Mediterranean societies, the seafaring ability was much, much more advanced than we care to think. Yes. So, um, would be somewhat ignorant to think that. Yes. Columbus was the first, but yes. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's a, there's a ton. I won't go into a bunch of details, obviously, because that's not what we're focused on. But there are many, many examples throughout history of seafaring cultures mm-hmm. being able to cross oceans. It's yeah, not, absolutely. It's not unheard of. It's not unheard of. It's just suppressed. Yes. The inform- you have to go searching for it. It's not going to pop up on your first Google search. <laughs> As it does. Maybe DuckDuckGo, but not Google. <laughs> DuckDuckGo. Absolutely. Um, do you want to take the uh, next article? Sure. So this is this next article. Uh, just these are stories of basically people that have had weird encounters on the Appalachian Trail. Indeed. So, like Eric was talking about at the start, the vastness of the Appalachian Mountains is again not sure about the people who live at the northern end, but for us on the southern end, we don't think about the northern end. But there are some stories in here about it all the way up to. I think like Maine, something yeah, talked about in yeah, there. Yep, yep. 
Um, so the first one mentioned here I thought was just the most wild because of how it's described. But so basically, um, I think it was Virginia. Yes. So in Virginia, a guy, he says he was, you know, camping. He was hiking along the trail. It says about 15 miles from Newcastle, Virginia. Um, and he thought he heard something like talking to itself, which was obviously odd. But he also thought that his ears were playing tricks on him, like we were talking about earlier. But then he he had started a pretty good fire. And he um, was having a cigarette. And when he tried to like ditch the butt, it says, he missed it. So he went outside to fix it. And, you know, safety, I guess. He saw this, like, massive man, like, reaching down. And it says the man had a red, ashy beard that smoldered at this guy's face. So he quickly looked up, and his vacant white eyes connected with the man's. And says it put a lot of fear inside this guy. What was interesting was that he said he was wearing a red plaid shirt. Like, where do you get that? What stores are out there? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. That is weird. But basically the picture that they have depicted here is like the man's like on fire. Yeah. Like the massive man's on fire. Um, so he was like, I got to get out of here. So he left and As he was just would. absolutely yeah. hauling, of you course. know. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> he eventually stopped kind of fell asleep out there in the middle of nowhere. Oh, jeez. Woke up, which is just horrific. That would be terrifying. And his a horrible experience proceeded on. Um, he he had this, like, weird smell just, like, stuck in your nostrils. You know when you just smell something that's just horrible? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, sitting there. Yeah, it just hangs out. Yeah, you're like, wait, get that out of there. <laughs> but that's what he smelled, apparently. And he... Uh, he looked back at his tent, and the tent was just gone. Like, all that was left were, like, the poles, just, like, on the floor. And it looked like it had been, like, burnt. And, like, this plastic, like, remnant, like, bubbly stuff had been left. Like, remnants of his tent. And he he could still see, like, this weird smoke rising. So, obviously, this was what he was smelling. Yeah. But, again grabbed his stuff and ran yeah. because that seemed to be working for him. Um, and he finally found, he finally found a road and found like a, uh, a police officer, I think, or like a ranger or something. Yeah. But this, this police officer, this law enforcement was outside of a house that had burned down. Uh-huh. And so he ends up hitching a ride back with this guy, this but he doesn't say anything because he thinks he's, like, crazy. Yeah. He thinks he's going crazy, but he asked the cop about the house, and he's like, no one knows how it got burned down, but it was four days ago, which is when this man started his um, hike. So very suspicious. But the fact that it continued to follow him, like, would not leave him alone, whatever this was. Yeah, yeah. And the, the aspect of fire is really interesting. So, And it kind of, like, goes back to the wide eyes, too, that we were just talking about. Yeah, it does. Which is... um. Very interesting. Very interesting. Also, the... I don't know. It doesn't go into why he fell asleep or how he fell asleep. Mm-mm. But in alien abduction, sometimes there's missing time yep. where people black out and they then just wake up. So, I don't know. 
honestly, it doesn't it doesn't have any other aspects of alien abduction. But no. the missing time is very weird. Like, you don't it. Like I know if you were to see something like that, you would you adrenaline would be pumping. Right. Like I remember I was when I was hiking with my with Grayson, like I heard like sticks break and I was like uh-huh. my head was like turning like, like super it, fast. It would be hard to just like conk out. Yeah, just like go back to sleep. Yeah. Very that, that's a strange aspect. Definitely. Yeah. Um Yeah, so the there were and four people in that house died, uh, so wow, you know everyone in that area thought there was like a a murderer or something. Yeah, yeah. But you know, nope, just just the Bigfoot thing. Something. That's it. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one's interesting. Um, it goes into talking about how dogs get affected by these experiences. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so in this instance, it's talking about uh, a family. So there's, I think there's a couple kids, uh, like a mom and dad, and then there's a dog uh, who's named Ginger. Mm -hmm. And this, the closest this family got to this creature, they said was about a hundred feet. Okay. So, um, this was also in Virginia and they just kind of. It wasn't like all of a sudden it appeared. They had seen it coming like out of the trees and whatever. It was walking over to them. And all of a sudden, their dog just went berserk. Like its hind legs were like doing something crazy. Like were in the air and everything. Making a noise that this family said it wasn't a bark, but a gurgling noise. She was in great pain. And the mom momentarily focused on the dog, reaching down, to which did not stop her suffering. She looked the creature into the eye as it continued its long athletic strides, taking it out of sight very quickly at that point. She cont- the dog continued to bark, um, still aggressively, but it was not in pain anymore, is what it says. So what they're insinuating in this, and they go into detail about, is how these creatures are physically inflicting pain mm. on these dogs. Mm. And... You know, that's freaky because it's not even touching the dog. It's no. not physically inflicting pain on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like some sort of psychic power. Right, but yeah. in, yeah, and in this area, it's, it was there were multiple reports about dogs mm. having this happen to them and this, like, insane barking, just, like, painful, just, like, horrible sounds that people were hearing and, like, Calves were going missing. Yeah. Uh, all this wild stuff. Um, so the hiker was found dead and half buried. Half buried. And just like the last one, like everyone thought there was like a murderer or something. People thought that. Like, because why is a man dead and half buried? Yeah. You like know? Who, who buries half a body? Yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to bury the whole thing, I think. I mean, yeah. If, I mean, yeah. If you want to get rid of it or burn <laughs> it. Like. Right. Yeah. So. And that was, the hiker was found dead. That was in 2016, uh, April of 2016, so. Mm. And they say they have not heard of an arrest, so, mm. as of 2019. But um, the the family said they're really skeptical about what happened to their dog, so they went looking for explanations, and that's when they found all these other stories, so. Yeah. That's what happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
And then, I mean, at first they're probably questioning, but then they're just beliefs are affirmed probably. Yeah, I mean, I There's know. There's so many occurrences. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I know Sandman over at Periality had something weird happen to him when he was a kid, and that kind of got him. Yeah. Got him. Uh, Researching everything else. Yeah, it just kind of snowballed into him. Yeah, researching and mm-hmm. starting a podcast. And... Yeah. You know, I just say don't go into the woods. At night. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, you think dogs would, like, help you, but apparently... They're just... To be fair, it was a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> a suburban family. <laughs> not really your, uh, not really your dog, uh, wood, woods wood, defense dog. No, not at all. Yeah, give me something just a little bigger. Yeah. Although if it can psychically... Control. Control. It probably doesn't matter how big it is. Probably not. Yeah. What, a what's Grayson's dog? Um, uh, a brown lab. Okay. Yeah. Chocolate Prob- lab. Same deal, probably. Same deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Moose could do much if we were to encounter a Bigfoot. No, I think uh, you would be in trouble. I would be in trouble. It would be a matter of who could, you know, who's the last one. Yes. Yeah. Would love to see you two race. Yeah, we were sore, so after yeah. that, that would have been a long run from it, a Bigfoot. It, it was downhill, though. The, the, the run would be downhill. It would be downhill. It would have been a little better. That's good. And there were houses around, like... It's not super remote, it's right? Not out in the middle of nowhere. It's not like we were camping in the middle of the woods. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This part is really creepy. About children's laughter. Oh yeah, this is weird. Yeah, this is strange. I don't do children's laughter. I don't do anything with kids and scary <laughs> stuff. I really don't. Uh yeah. I have to say, I'm glad I read this at one p.m. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. So. uh yeah, a lot of these encounters have been, like, triggered by, like, pe- the first thing people hear is children's laughter. So, yeah, yeah very unsettling, they say. Um, and this specific account, it was posted in Your Personal Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. This witness says that he'd been backpacking along the trail with a group of friends. Um, and they were out in the middle of nowhere, so... No houses, nothing. And so this would have been weird. So they heard children's laughter um, from like all around their camp, like a surround sound yeah. type feel. And they they looked and outside it was like a little like misty, like foggy. So also creepy. Um, and a bunch of kids walked by. Like a procession is what they say. Um, and <laughs> they asked them like, you know, what are you, like, the kids were like, what are you guys doing out here? Yeah. And the people camping were like, uh, well, we're, we're hiking, like, the trail, you know? And they were like, oh, like, so excited the kids were. And they were like, this is not the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> and they were like, no, I do believe it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on at this point? I would be like, you can just take me now <laughs> because <laughs> that's horrible. Um, so, yeah, then the kids just were out of sight. Like, they were gone. Um, and then they could continue to hear this children's laughter in their words, taunting them from the trees and the underbrush for the duration of their hike. And they never saw these children again. Um, in 1972, uh, a hiker was alone on the trail and again, a thick fog, misty, whatever. 
And as he looked ahead of him, he saw this tall black figure approaching, wearing a heavy coat and wide-brimmed hat. A hat? So, that's not cool. No. Um, There's the... Have you heard of the Dark Watchers? The Dark Watchers. I have not. Do they wear hats? Yeah. Um, Sometimes. (laughs) I know they wear like a long coat or people have witnessed these out in california like standing on top of mountains okay like oh. overlooking okay and then when they look back they just like it disappears <sighs> yeah yeah um yeah apparently this man with a hat on uh said that he well the the witness said that this guy had like blue electric eyes wow and that it was like the most scared he's ever been in his life and when he got closer to him, he realized that this man, this black, like, tall guy was wearing, a, like, clothes from, like, a long, long time ago. Yeah, like yeah. a time traveler yeah. vibe. And he was like, well, I tried to greet him, you know, ask him what's up. Yeah. And he just simply ignored. How rude. I know. Like, if Where's you're going to time travel. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the man was gone. He asked him, you know, tried to talk to him, didn't, and the man just vanished. vanished. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, honestly, I'd rather see that man, I think, than the children. Oh, man. Yeah. Although the children just kind of, they just moved on. Yeah, but I mean, they were just, they were still just making noises and stuff. <laughs> like, stop. Yeah. Neither are great, but. No, neither are great. Um, yeah. So. Not a fan of no. either. That was a. Uh, I think there's one more account in here, but. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, okay, so yeah, the. Uh, those I believe were in Pennsylvania. Um, right. I think it was Virginia. Those last ones. Maybe. Yeah. There's a lot of Virginia ones. Yeah, the, which is these, wild. These are concerning Virginia. This just says Outbox and Trail, but yeah, anyway. If you want to uh, read a lot of these for yourself, there's a Your Ghost Stories website. Yeah, there is. Um, I've been there before. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> the The Virginia one was in uh, with the dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well. I don't want to go in the woods again. No, and you know what? It's odd that a lot of these... Uh, figures are wearing clothes like they're dressed yeah no that's that's um have you like heard of that in other things oh yeah 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 the yeah the dark watchers are usually wearing clothes okay um <laughs> i heard a really weird account the other week of these this is in mobile alabama uh-huh. of these um these pale this it was a family these pale people that were hiding in a drainage ditch Hmm. Um, and these two kids rode their bikes up to like a drainage thing. And yeah. This family was hidden inside of this. You know how like the drains run into, like, they get to big pipes. Yeah. And you can sometimes like walk into yeah, it. Walk you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. This family was hiding in these pipes and then they came out to greet the kids, all three of them. Okay. And then, um. They were wearing like suburban clothes, and mm-hmm. they all had bicycles. And then the kids like had a conversation. It was two boys, 
they had a conversation with his family. Said they were like super pale, um, like like uh, very skinny. Uh huh. And then this family just rode off on their bikes. No. And I was like, that nope. is weird. Nope. And this was like it was I think it was somewhere like Mo- around Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. So I was like, wow. But yeah, a lot of it's weird. A lot of these, a lot of these weird. Um, kind of sort of watcher beings mm-hmm. are always wearing clothes mm-hmm. and it's like if they're from another dimension or some sort of mm-hmm. you know like ghostly aspect yeah why are they still wearing clothes i don't know or maybe it's just something about maybe it could be our mind since everyone is dressed we envision them in clothes Mm-hmm. Even though they aren't actually enclosed, mm-hmm. yes, because you know it's like it's like this thing of um, how do we see colors? Mm-hmm. Like it's because the light reflecting off it, right? Like there's not actually colors; it's our mind seeing the colors. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. Weird either way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think if you're someone who's a uh, like very knowledgeable on like the history that took and the, you know, all the battles that took place in that part of the country. Yeah. Just over time, I mean, that's where, it, like, it all started, really. Obviously, we moved, like, in terms of settling places. Exactly, East yeah. to west. Yeah. And, I mean, those mountains were what, like, people had to get over them. Yeah, yeah. So. No, yeah, no, I mean, so many people settled in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, yeah. I mean, from... I mean, I think I think we like to think that people just that the settlers came in and just settled like they came through like Boston or Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but like so many people went to North Carolina, South Carolina, yeah. even Georgia was one of the original thirteen colonies. Yeah, uh, Savannah's so old. Yeah, even New Orleans and all those they're so old, so yeah, so much history from the Spanish and I and mean French. A lot of things. A lot of people like could have died in those, yeah. so and they did. They did die, yeah. So I mean, I don't think any of this is a surprise. It's just interesting how we're seeing them. Yeah, you know. I guess it depends on yeah. Are they some sort of ghost or mm-hmm. are they like an actual, um, not flesh and blood, but like a conscious entity, right? Yep, of some sort. That's kind of excuse me. That's kind of the borderline for me. Yeah, I agree. It's what you have to uh, decide. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't ever. I hope I don't ever have to experience any of that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> when we were coming back, when we were finishing our hike, we heard this big snap uh-huh. in the woods as we were walking down. You were like Bigfoot, and I was like, Gersh was like, "What do you think that is?" And I was like, "I don't really want to say." <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So I was um, telling my roommate that yeah. I was, you know, coming to record this. Yeah. Uh, and she was thrilled because, so her, um, older brother. Yeah. In love with Bigfoot. Nice. All things Bigfoot. Um, I was like, well, it's kind of about Bigfoot, you know, it's up, you know. Like a wild, it was more wild, man. Yeah. Things. Yeah, possibly. But he, um, has like gone on like expeditions to like try and find Bigfoot. Wow. Um, these, this family lives in Washington State, so. Yeah, so big, 
Bigfoot hotspot. Yeah, uh, really, they do live out in the middle of nowhere, so yeah. I don't know if I could do it. I think she's glad she lives here now, but <laughs> yeah, he's really into it, and I was like, that wow. could be fun. Yeah, I haven't heard of anyone that went on an expedition actually finding anything substantial, though. That's the only thing to me. Yeah. A lot, most of the accounts that I've heard that are legit, people just like, they just, they're in the woods it's ha- and it happens. Yeah. yeah. Interesting how when you go seek it out, it doesn't happen to you. Yeah, I know. It's weird with Bigfoot, it seems like that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. You seek it out, but like, some of the other things, like ghosts and sort of, I don't know. If you, you can. Wanna, if you wanna, if, yeah, if you want to call them interdimensional, yeah. like, you can experience things if you go seek that out. But with Bigfoot, it's. It's different. Yeah, it's sort of reclusive. It's like it just happens. Yeah, it makes you uh, wonder, like, you know, when when he or it yeah. wants to uh, make an appearance, he will do that. Yeah, he'll do so. At his leisure. At his leisure. Or, or they know, that since they live in the woods, yeah. it's their territory, and they already have some sort of sense of if people are coming. Right. Which is probably more. I mean, if, if it's a flesh and blood it, animal, yes. uh, it probably has some sense of. It knows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. That's a wrap. That was awesome. That was fun. I am glad we were able to put this together. Yeah, me too. Uh, glad to be a part of the first one back yep. in a while. We're uh, uh, Cheers to Black Rifle Coffee. Yes. Yep. Uh, Getting us through the afternoon. Yes. To what is going to be a weekend of good times. Yes. I'm big, sure. Big weekend for, uh, for Aaron. Yeah. Got a friend coming in. Gonna be a, a tourist in my own city for a weekend. My yeah. own city, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> that was me a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Hitting Broadway. Mm-hmm. Now, man, nothing will scare you in the woods if you go to Broadway on a Friday night. No, no. I mean, you'll probably see half of what you see in the woods on, on Broadway. Broadway. <laughs> you know, you love it though. Just a lot of hairy people. A lot of, <laughs> lots of bad smells. Lots of bad. Those will be stuck in my nostrils. Yeah. For a oh, while, man. I so was, I was not upset that I missed that. Yeah, but uh, only one night. Then yeah, we'll one. then we'll be moving on. It'll be good. It's to, fun to better things. The music is amazing. It is. It'll There's be a good time. So many incredible artists. But yeah, all started by Black Rifle Coffee. Yep. Yep. Well, thanks yeah. for having me. Of course, of course. Um, we'll have you back on. Um, since you're just literally right down the road. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah. I work for free here too. So <laughs> this is true. There's no payment. There's here. no payment. <laughs> just my wonderful insights. Uh, we're in the negative as far as <laughs> podcast expenses. Uh, yeah, but we do it for the fun. Yeah, um, and we hope you enjoyed it. Yes, hope you enjoyed the stories. Um, all of the links will be posted uh, on my episode webpage um, in the link of the podcast bio, so you can check that out. Um, follow me on Twitter at World We Live in Podcast. I'm sorry, World We Live Podcast. Um, again, check me out on Parareality Radio, Parareal Radio. Um, check out Sandman as well. If, uh, we got some good conversations over there, good good content. It's always good stuff. Always. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, give us a rating if you want. Um, hit that subscribe button, and we'll talk to you later.